As we continue worshiping this morning, we invite you to turn in your Bible or Bible apps to the words of the book of Acts, the first chapter, beginning in the first verse. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to, to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift of this day, for the gift of spirit moving so powerfully always in and among and through us. And we pray now, O oh God, that you might open us to receive what you have to say to us today. Use my words um, because or in spite of what I have to say, God, figure out a way to communicate what you need to say. I pray it in the power of the risen and living Lord Jesus. Amen. It's a time of transition. Things have been painful. Lots of injustice, death, grief, confusion, and fear. And then hope reappears, concrete reason for hope appears. That's our story. <laughs> it's our story right now as we turn the corner from this past 14 months of multiple pandemics and begin to receive information 
allowing us to begin mobilizing activities that have been off limits for so long. It's our story right now, but it's also the story that we receive today in scripture. The followers of Jesus, <laughs> they've been through it. They experienced so many highs and lows on the journey with Jesus. They watched as he was humiliated and killed. They thought he was going to be the one to sit on the throne of his ancestor David in Jerusalem to fulfill a promise to restore Israel's political power, to free the people from colonial imperial subjugation. And those hopes seem to die along with Jesus, who'd inspired and taught, encouraged, empowered, and mobilized a whole movement. But then hope reappears. Jesus is back, resurrected. And as it says in Acts 1 and 3, presents himself alive and speaks and teaches about the kingdom of God for 40 days. Now notice in our story that even after all this and more has transpired, the people, that gathered body of disciples, were still singularly focused on what they'd always been focused on. And they asked the question, is this the time when you will finally restore the kingdom to Israel? Another way to say it, Jesus, are you going to finally give us back what we've lost, that old way of being? They were looking back and they were looking only at their own tribe, their own people. They seem to have missed Jesus' absolutely consistent focus, not on the restored kingdom, political kingdom of Israel, but rather on the vision and the practice of the kingdom of God. So much bigger. So much more. Jesus doesn't give them much of an answer to their specific question, but instead gives them this word. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Shorthand for this, your call is to be a witness to everybody, whether or not you like them, trust them, or even know them. Now, if I had been in that group on that day, I would have had a lot of questions and I would have been out of luck because just then a fog, a, a cloud rolls in. By the way, in scripture, a 
clouds often represent the presence of God. This, this cloud rolls in and Jesus is lifted out of their sight. He's gone. Again. <laughs> and there are no clear answers. Just Jesus's direction to wait on the Holy Spirit. Just wait for the promise. The promise is spirit power. You see, the disciples' hope gets interrupted by the unforeseen complication of Jesus leaving and the aggravating reality that things are not going to be as they were in the past, that very familiar, comfortable expectation and vision. They're not going to be the way they were in the past. Um, the, the, the reality that the future is yet uncertain and that they, Jesus followers, are going to have to figure out what to do on the other side of waiting. I mean, there's no checklist. No wonder they didn't know where to focus. <laughs> no wonder they needed to be reminded by the mystery men in white to come back down to earth instead of trying to maybe avoid it all. Because this stuff, these aggravations, this disappointment, this interrupted hope, all of that stuff is difficult to deal with. And wow, does it feel resonant with where we are as a congregation, as a people of faith in this moment. First of all, we, like those first disciples, have been through it. <laughs> and we're tired. We've been through a lot, some of us more than others. But all of us have been through a lot. Our emotional, our physical, our spiritual reservoirs are low. Patience is likely thin. Many of us are, as I spoke about a few weeks ago, many of us are languishing, just not quite ourselves. I know, I confess, I have have not been 100% on my game, you know. Some of us are depressed or are experiencing high anxiety. Many are grieving losses of family and friends due to COVID or other causes, most of whom we've been unable to memorialize and celebrate in the traditional ways. We're faced with a politicized public health crisis that has complicated our ability to trust official communications or to mobilize together as, as a community as, as we might have if it had been cared for differently. And I could go on and on with the varieties of experiences that contribute to the challenging state of our collective mental and emotional health in this present moment. And in the midst of all of that now, it seems like hope, 
hope has reappeared. We're hearing that masks can come off if, if we're vaccinated and getting messages that religious communities can gather without restrictions on numbers and all sorts of other messages. And it's therefore absolutely understandable that many of us are singularly focused on getting back to church, getting back to the old familiar ways of gathering and worshiping. After all, what is to stop us? I realized this past week that the shift in message and guidance from pretty much every level feels a bit like whiplash. <laughs> We've gone from high alert and multiple safety protocols to no holds barred <laughs> is what it feels like. And I will admit that as a leader, it is pretty disorienting. I've been trying to, to stay grounded in the values that have guided us here at Foundry so well through this pandemic, together with our other leaders, you know, trying to hold it all in balance. Those values that we have, have been guided by include prioritizing health and safety and following the science and discerning what it means in each phase of the pandemic, what it means to love God and to love neighbor. Now to that last point, I want to share several things just to keep in mind. We know that there are some who've been vaccinated for months, while others have yet to be able to get their vaccines for many reasons. And as will be true in any human community, there are a variety of levels of risk tolerance or aversion among us. Some folk are finding it very anxiety producing to re-engage after the relative quiet and stillness of the past year. And others were ready to fling themselves into crowded human spaces months ago. All this to say, it's important to remember that how we are feeling, how you are feeling, and what you are needing, it's not necessarily how others are feeling or what others are needing. Another thing for us to consider is that some things will be different as we return to in-person worship and shared life together. And at this point, frustrating as it is to say, much of what exactly will be different is still up in the air <laughs> because plans are not yet finalized around all the details. And believe it or not, there are so many details to consider, to discern, to plan for. Those details, of course, connected to what it means to love our neighbor based on some of the things I shared a moment ago and others around justice, around what it looks like 
to practice radical hospitality in this context more and more. And since we at Foundry have valued keeping everyone protected, everyone protected, our staff, our committee chairs, our outside contractors and the like have not been in the building much at all, except in very limited ways, and only then to assure that our beloved spaces are okay and safe and functioning. And that's been the case over the year, a year. And so at this point, there are some repairs and some systems that need some care prior to our full return, both for safety and to support a robust hybrid that is in-person and digital foundry community. And it may be difficult on that. It may be difficult for some of us to imagine because it's not readily perceived by all just how critically important and significant this call is to set some new priorities that celebrate and connect with our growing digital community, a community whose presence blesses and um, and strengthens us in worship and ministry from all across the country and all around the world. Just as with the original disciples in our text today, what for some may be a hope high gets interrupted by Jesus uttering the word, wait and his unwillingness to look back to an old limited vision, but instead saying witness beyond your well-known community. And we, like the first disciples, are confronted with the aggravating reality that things are not going to be exactly as they were in the past, that the future is yet uncertain, and that on the other side of waiting, we are going to have to figure out what to do and how and when to do it. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And all of this from a place of depletion. Except Jesus is never one to leave us without help. <laughs> Friends, the good news today, I'm like, I'm feeling myself getting giddy, just getting ready to say it. The good news today is that Jesus doesn't leave us without help. The promise is that spirit will give us power to do what we are called to do. And this is our word for today. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You see, friends, Spirit will give us power to be patient with one another. Spirit will give us power to think beyond our own comfort or needs as we try to love our neighbor. Spirit will give us power to confess, and to forgive one another when the stress and the exhaustion and struggle leads us to miss the mark. 
Spirit will give us power to be creative and careful and efficient in our re-entry plans. Spirit will give us power to be open-minded about changes in our shared life that are required for this next season. Spirit will give us power to pitch in and help with emerging needs as we re-engage in person. Spirit will give us power to support one another in our various places of pain and of struggle. Spirit will give us power to be gentle with ourselves when we mess up or feel negative or afraid or unmotivated or just exhausted. Spirit will give us power to witness in old and in new ways to the power of resurrection life, the power of God's saving new life-giving love, the power of Jesus' embrace that draws the circle ever wider. A wider circle, as we know full well at Foundry, does not mean that you or I lose our place in it, but rather it means that we get to share life with even more members of God's beloved clan. Spirit gives us power to do that. Thanks be to Jesus for this promise and this gift. Thanks be to God for this foundry community in which through every change and challenge, by the power of Holy Spirit, we get to do the hard, holy work of loving God, loving our neighbors, and changing the world. Thanks be, thanks be that we are given spirit power. Amen. Amen.